Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. Here, we'll be exploring the people side of successful businesses, careers, and lives. We all have a story to share, and there's something to be learned in every story. Join us to learn from authors, business leaders, thought leaders, and people just like you to uncover the latest ideas, resources, and tools to help you become more effective at work and life. As it turns out, the secret to success is cultivating winning relationships. Business is personal and relationships matter. My guest this week is my friend and colleague, Michelle Tillis Lederman, who has authored four books. And the one we're going to talk about today is called The Connector's Advantage. Michelle and I share a similar past. You're a, you describe yourself as a recovering CPA. I spent 15 years in banking, and yet now we both focus in leadership development, executive development, and the importance of relationships at work. Um, she has been named by Forbes as one of the 25 professional networking experts to watch, and she has been featured by CBS, MN, MSNBC, got to get those acronyms right, and in the New York Times, Forbes, and Working Mother magazine. So, Michelle, welcome. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, that working mother, I am one of those. <laughs> me too. Me too. Though mine are all six foot tall now. And I think yours are still shoulder height, are they? Well, they're taller than me, but that's not saying much. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, we're here to talk about your four books and we can see the covers on the back and we're going to talk about The Connector's Advantage. So tell me what inspired you to write The Connector's Advantage. You know, it's actually a follow-up to my first book, The 11 Laws of Likeability. And it was really funny because I, after I wrote the first book, I mean, you know, it's just like birthing a book is more than birthing two kids put together. And I was like, never again. You know, my husband's like, why are you writing another book? And I said, I have something I have to say. And that really was the impetus because I, I so believe in the power of connection and the advantage of connection. And and ensuring that we are not just connected in the individual, but in the organization. So connected leaders, connected cultures, connected to our networks, connected to our message. So I had something I had to say. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think I opened one of my other videos with, there are only two things that matter in business and life, relationships, and I can't remember the other thing. And it's funny because all of our schooling is focused on the numbers, the logic, our CPA, our banking background, and very little is invested in, in, in how to nurture and make those connections. So I know the first book, The 11 Laws of Likeability, was all around networking. How does Connector's Advantage then build on that? It's funny, my brother-in-law walked into my office as I was finishing up The Connector's Advantage, and he said, oh, another networking book. I said, no, 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 this one's about connecting. And he said, well, what's the difference? <laughs> okay. And without thinking, I said, networking is something you do. Connecting a connector, that's who you are. And Ooh. it came out of me without thinking, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the last Watch line of the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. um, and, and really, that's the shift. So when we talk about likability, it was about what we do before, during, and after a conversation. It was about how we enable connection. It's how it forms, right? But this is about the mindset that we approach people with, life with, everything. A connector is somebody who prioritizes those relationships. And so when I think about being a connector, that is 
a way of being and thinking in all of my interactions rather than, okay, now I'm going to do this thing called networking. All right. Well, let's start with the basics. What are some of the common mistakes then that people make when it comes to networking and connecting? They're usually doing it with a purpose. They're usually out there like, okay, I need a client. I need a job. I shall now go out to my network. That's not connecting. And that's not really building a sustainable uh, relationship if you're only going out there when you need it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that saying, um, build the well before you're thirsty or something like that. Yeah. I don't know the exact phrase, but you get the idea. Yeah. So um, when we are always about me, right? So I have three major shifts we talk about. Talking about work to talking about anything, right? So the first mistake was, what do you do? What do you do? And it's all right. work focused. And you think if there's no connection there, then you walk away. Mm-hmm. Right. The second is that it's a short-term approach. And that's that networking for need, networking for now. And with that short-term approach, you're going out there only when there's something that you're trying to accomplish for you. And the third shift is when we are thinking about, and I was, I've seen our our videos pop in and pop out. (laughs) Spotlighting you, what can I say? (laughs) Um, um, The third shift is around, it's not about you. And it's not about them either. Because that's just about, it's about me in reverse. It's about the relationship and the interaction and the exchange and what you can um, create together. And so those would be the three shifts and the three mistakes that I talk about. I love that. It's the don't just call me when you need something. Call just to check in, especially now when we're all working remotely and we're not going to get those chance encounters. This is the proactive. And even if it means that you have to write a list and on Friday at three o'clock, it pops up in your calendar as the reminder, it doesn't matter. You know you're doing it that way. All I know is that you called, that you care, and it isn't just a transactional relationship. There's something stickier. There's something more meaningful. Meaningful. And the beautiful thing about the fact that we're all virtual right now is that there's such an excuse. People always say, well, I don't have any reason to reach out. I, I feel weird. It's been so long. doesn't matter right now. Just yeah. reach out and say, hey, you just popped into my mind. I have sent, I don't know how many emails that said, you know, I was just thinking about you and I just wanted to check in. How are you holding up? Mm-hmm. What's going yeah. on with you? How are you I feeling? So and Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was just thinking about it, though. Now that we're home, is this just for extroverts or is it introverts are as talented at doing this? I think this is, um, I actually think introverts are probably some of the best connectors. And in both of my books, I talk about good news for the introverts and the introverts edge, right? Because they have a certain advantage when it comes to connecting in that they are great listeners, That's a natural skill. So they're able to probe. um, They've leveraged that curiosity to learn about somebody else. Where their stretch is, is in the share. Versus the extroverts are really good at the share, and they might need Mm -hmm. to stretch themselves on the probe. Yeah. But introverts also um, are better in the one-on-one. And in this virtual world, we're doing a lot more of these one-on-ones where they can enable connection. And I actually think that this is going to work to their advantage as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how do I know where I am in terms of my skill level of being a connector? Am I it's a beginner? Like you am I an expert? I don't know if you even know this, but I have a quiz. <laughs> you are. I don't, even, I don't I think you actually knew that. But no, I, I didn't. I'll have to go and take it. <laughs> so I have a quiz and um, I will, I'll share the link. Um, but yeah. basically it's, it's my website slash connector dash quiz or something like that. 
And um, it's a three minute quiz, it's 10 questions, and it helps you understand where you fall on the spectrum of connection. So when we think about connectors, there is a spectrum from non-connectors, which I'm sure is nobody who's listening, yeah. <laughs> um, to the emerging connector. Mm-hmm. And I actually, in my book, use the example of my husband. I've watched him go through the levels of connection because he was an emerging connector. He's an introvert and he understood the value, but was very uncomfortable with still building those skills. Yeah. Responsive connector is when he, at any time somebody reached out to him, he was responding, but he wasn't initiating. He wasn't reaching out. So now he is a true acting connector. He reaches out to people. They reach back. He's initiating, adding value. He's initiating introductions and it's going in both directions. Mm -hmm. If you want to get to the upper echelons of connector, which I'm going to guess that's where you fall. <laughs> Some days. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's really a culmination. So where we think about initiating versus responding at the lower levels, we want to think about breadth and depth at the higher levels. So okay. when we think about depth, you become a niche connector. I know everybody in coaching. I know everybody in media. I know everybody in my town. I know everybody that's in HR. So it could be a function, it could be a company, it could be a geography, it could be a, you know, a, a, an organization, but it's a niche, but you know everybody. Mm-hmm. When we broaden and become a more inclusive connector, we actually get to that place of a super connector because we're going up and down the, the ladder of hierarchy, we're going across geography, we're going across industry function, um, uh, race, gender, age, all, all of the diversity that you can think of. And you really have a broadened connection. And so if you cross your country's borders, then you're a global super connector. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So you're even going internationally now. Yes. I actually, it was funny. I was on a call being interviewed by somebody in, in London. He was for Forbes and I'm somebody who's curious. It's one of the mindsets of a connector. And I started asking what he was doing. And it turns out he was doing a transition that was exactly like somebody else that I knew that happened to also live in London. And I said, do you know so-and-so? And And he said, no, I'm like, well, I've got to connect you. And I was able to make him a local connection from across the pond. And I was like, oh, I guess I really am a global super connector. It's funny, isn't it? Once you start going out and of course we meet people when we're doing our keynote presentations, when we're working with our clients on our programs, and of course they remember us and we have those 50 names, but it's amazing how far our reach. I think the last time we counted at Sky Team here, it was more than 20 countries, four continents, um, but tens, you know, more than 10,000 leaders that we've impacted and are within our network. So invariably there is somebody we know or we are just one conversation away and that's, and that's the power of connection. We get you one yes. step closer. That's what it's all about. It doesn't have to be a direct connection. It is those, um, those second connections that I feel close to you, you're close to somebody, mm-hmm. and there's a comfort in creating that connection between me and that other person. So I know for me, and one of the things you talk about is that to be a super connector, to be an effective connector, you need to have a vision, but you need to be ready and willing to ask for and receive help. And I'm willing to receive help. I'm just not very good at articulating and asking for it. I'm too independent. So can you explain why that's important? Yes. This is actually one of the other mindsets of a connector is having a clear vision because connectors, um, the connector's advantage is faster, easier, better results, whatever you're working on faster, easier, better is how you're going to get it as a connector. 
But if you don't know what you're working on, nobody can help you. And so you have to have that clarity and be willing to ask for it. So the first part is that clarity. And I want to be clear that I don't know what I'm going to be doing 10 years from now, maybe even five years from now, but I know what I'm thinking about in the next year Mm -hmm. or even six months or even what's on the front of my mind right now. And so I always teach people to ask, you know, what are you working on? How can I help you? Who do you want to connect with? And be prepared for somebody to ask that question right back to you. So that's that clarity piece. Now, sometimes they're not going to ask. And I always tell myself and my kids, you don't get what you don't ask for. Mm -hmm. But it is important in the way you ask. Because, you know, if somebody demands or asks and, and you're like, yeah, I could say yes, but I don't want to say yes. And I always say, you want to make somebody want to say yes to you. So I, I don't know if I ever told you the story about trying to return a laptop computer after the, you know, time that you're allowed to. Oh, okay. No, tell me that story. We've all been there, I think. <laughs> We've all been there. And it was at my birthday is around the holidays. And so, you know, when usually you've got like 45 days to return something, when your birthday is December 20th, you don't. No. And they only gave you to January 15th. And it didn't occur to me that I didn't have enough time to test out this new laptop and see if I liked it. And I didn't like it. And I went to the store and it was January 18th. And they said, nope. And I Mm -hmm. said, oh, hmm. So any way that you could, he's like, no. I was like, I totally get it. Is there anyone else who maybe could make that happen? He's like, well, I can get you my boss. I was like, that'd be awesome. Tell him I'm nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Because it's so important that when the boss comes over, they always anticipate, oh, somebody's going to complain when you ask for a manager. So he came over and he said, so I hear you want to return the laptop. He's like, you know, it's after the date. I said, I know. He said, but but do you have any magical powers that could make (laughs) it work? And so when you get somebody to smile, when you're being nice and when you give them the power to choose to help you, it becomes a choice. And so the conversation ensued. And of course, what happened is he allowed me to return the laptop. I bought a different laptop. I came back a week later and bought a phone in that store, waved Mm -hmm. to him saying, I'm getting my phone, you know, and so people have an ability to say yes when they want to say yes, even when it might not fit into the, the rules. Yeah. So um, how we ask and we can ask where we make it easy for them to say no, that's an opt out. We can ask where we make it convenient for them. We can ask where we tell them what's in it for them, why they might want to. And we can ask um, in a way that's not actually an ask. And I love this one. And I got this from Judy Robinette, who um, also wrote a book on the topic. But she talks about the non-ask. And I love the non-ask. The non-ask? The non-ask. So this is saying something like, I have a goal of making my book a bestseller. Okay. And then you just shut up and wait. (laughs) And you see what advice they have for you or what ideas. And if they don't say anything, you might say, any advice, any ideas? What would you do? How did you make your book a bestseller? Or whatever it might be. Or it could be, I have a goal of hitting, you know, I used to say a hundred reviews, but now I broke a hundred reviews on the book. So now I'm saying I have a goal of hitting 200 reviews. Um, You know, and they might say, oh, I would love to review your book. So Michelle, on that note, I have a goal of a hundred reviews on my book. There you go. And so then somebody says, well, I would love to read it. Or, you know, if they've read it, 
I would love for you to post a review. Um, and so one of the things that we can do is make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. And you might say, Michelle, this part of my book, this chapter really relates to your work. Would you be open to taking a look? And then sometimes that ask becomes smaller. That's called a shrinking ask. Mm-hmm. Instead of read 400 pages when you don't have time, yeah. read 40 pages. And then maybe you can say something about that piece of the work. Okay. So should we all aspire to being super connectors or global connectors like yourself? Not necessarily. I mean, I actually am really glad you asked that because I don't think everybody needs to be. I think what you need to understand is that the broader your network, the more diverse your network, the more inclusive you are in your network, um, the greater the advantage will be. You will be seen as more innovative because you will have such a variety of brains to bounce ideas off of and to get different perspectives and different inputs. You will be able to access different types of resources because there's people that you know that have this skill or that skill or connect with that person. So it, it does enable that, but it's not, you know, it's not necessarily something we all need to aspire to. I think if everybody's an acting connector, then we're, we're in a good place. <laughs> so, okay. So acting connector is a good place to be. We're all at the moment working from home. So we're not going to the traditional networking or con- events where we can connect. What advice do you have for somebody who's listening to this, sitting at home? How do I start to connect? All right. So when you're sitting at home, you're thinking, oh, somebody just came into your mind or, oh, I, you know, I haven't connected with them in a while. It happens to everybody all the time. When that happens, I want you to write down their name, jot it into your phone and your phone or your calendar will then remind you of that person's name. So that when you, when it pops up, you want to go and send an email. You want to um, do an instant message, a text, a chat, whatever it was that you want to connect with them on, maybe even pick up a phone. Sometimes people are always shocked when they send me an email and, and the phone number's at the bottom and I call them and they're like, wow, that was, you know, a phone, you know? <laughs> Um, and when I do an invite, I always do try to do t- video because mm-hmm. there's a greater sense of connection. And I had a call this morning and I said, um, put your video on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care if you're having a bad hair day. I'm like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, no shower required, no makeup required, yoga pants appreciated, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, because when we have this face-to-face, it is as connecting as being face-to-face, except you know, just a little further away. So what is your f- favorite social media channel for connecting? Um, that's a really big question. Uh, in terms of social media, my favorite channel is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I welcome anybody who's listening to reach out and connect to me on LinkedIn and tell me that you heard me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll start a, com- and start a conversation with me. Tell me what, what resonated with you, where you heard me, why you're connecting, and you will get a response. I guarantee that. Yep. Um, so that's my favorite social platform for connecting. Honestly, Skype and zoom are great. I love a video chat FaceTime. So my last question, you talk about the concept of an inclusive connector. Yeah. What does that mean? This is something that's really important to me right now. And, And in the recent times of, um, the civil unrest, even more so, but it's always been important to me. And it's why I actually dedicated a whole chapter to it. When we think about being an inclusive networker or connector, it's about thinking about not just falling into some of the laws of likability that I talk about, Mm -hmm. the law of similarity. We like people like us, right? People like us make us feel comfortable. We connect easier because we have so much commonality, so much similarity, but inclusive connector is actually looking to find 
the similarities in people who might appear different. Um, so I, this is, there's three rules that I have, or I said, I don't know if I call them rules, but three, um, ways that you can start to become a more inclusive connector. And one is to call out the similarities rather than the differences, because I can go to somebody and say, ah, you're man, I'm woman. Ah, I'm old, you're young or vice versa, or I'm short, you're tall. Um, in our case, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, we can find our differences really easily. We have to look for the similarities and then call those out. Uh, we both have share a passion for this. We both love mm-hmm. animals. We both love travel. Uh, you know, I remember going to a meeting once and thinking, oh my God, what am I going to talk to this woman about? We have nothing in common. We had a two hour conversation. We just have to find what we had in common. Yeah, so yeah. call out those similarities. Um, and there's something that um, a friend of mine, Robbie Samuels, always does that I've started to adopt. It is when you are environments, look for the person who looks the most out of place and go and connect with them. Have a host mentality, make people feel welcome, bring people in. And when we think about being an inclusive connector, I want you to think about the time where you feel that you're out of place, walking into that place where you don't know anybody or that you feel that you might um, have a different background or a different appearance or a different knowledge. And you're not sure you belong. Yeah. Yeah. Find your inner unicorn and what that feels like. Because when we connect to one person, that's where it all starts. And you know, during all of the civil unrest, we want to make a change. We want to have an impact. We want to support, but you start by doing it one-to-one. And that's why the imagery of the policemen hugging people and taking a knee and listening had such a profound impact was because it was one-to-one yeah. and that's where it starts. I love that. I think that's mm-hmm. so powerful. That's the connector's advantage, isn't it? Relationships are built one conversation at a time, but relationships are nurtured and grown um, one person at a time. So we have to be thoughtful and deliberate. Thank you, Michelle. I really enjoyed the conversation and learning more about both books. We managed to talk (laughs) about both in this conversation. So for people who are listening to this, how can they get a hold of you? How can they get copies of the book? Well, I welcome everybody reaching out to me. The best place to start is my website, which is um, pretty much the name that you see in the corner, michelletillisletterman.com, just as you see it. And from there, you can get to my YouTube channel, you can get to my blog, you can find all my social media stations, um, the Facebook, the LinkedIn, the Twitter. The Facebook is not the friend one, though, because you don't need to see my hair in the 80s. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And, you know, really connect with me. I love to hear from people. All right. Well, Michelle, wishing you ongoing success. Look forward to our next conversation and please stay well. And stay connected. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.